Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. These are the top seven wide receivers for week four in fantasy football. According to Hayden Winks' rankings, you can check those out in the description down below. We kick it off with the top three. Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, and Keenan Allen. Hayden, talk to me. Yeah, Keenan Allen's just in a beautiful spot. No Mike Williams. I'm not sure that they trust Quentin Johnson yet. We know who Josh Palmer is at this point, and this is an eruption spot according to the chart because the Chargers offense has been awesome and the Raiders defense, no surprise, has struggled. They might be starting a rookie corner on the outside as well where Keenan Allen has been playing a little bit more uh, this year and Keenan Allen, if you just like look at what's happened like the last like 12 games with Justin Herbert, he's been absolutely dominating. Steve Smith and I did this full breakdown on his releases. He's not as athletic as he once was. He never was truly that athletic, but he's on the same page as Justin Herbert almost every single play. And they're doing all these checks at the line of scrimmage. It's definitely schemed up to him. They're throwing him screens. He's working under underneath a ton. And I think that there's even chances where he'll run a few more deeper routes just because I do think they're going to miss that aspect from Mike Williams. So I have a very bold Keenan Allen ranking. And then for now, we'll get to him later. Josh Palmer's the number two guy for me. Okay. The final four of this top seven, Jamar Chase at the Tennessee Titans, Devontae Adams at the Los Angeles Chargers, Stefan Diggs versus the Miami Dolphins. And it rounds out here with AJ Brown against the Washington Commanders. Just quickly with Stefan Diggs, he's being targeted 10% more often in zone coverage versus man coverage. And Miami is a heavy zone personnel team so far this season. So we get a really another strong week, certainly from Diggs against the Dolphins. Yeah, that's the obviously the highest uh, over under of the week at like 54 points between the Dolphins and the Bills. Um, the, the name that I wanted to bring up was Jamar Chase, just because the Bengals right now are facing the Titans, who are the notorious pass funnel of the league. And the Bengals under Joe Burrow's calf injury are so one-dimensional. They can't run yeah. any under center. He hasn't like broken the pocket. I think it's like, uh, I think Steven Ruiz had like 12 times the entire year. He's broken the actual pocket, wow. which means that Jamar Chase is just doing quick hitting layup drills from the slot. That's why his targets were way, way, way up. I think you can make a, a case that Jamar Chase is the leader in projected volume for this week. And they're not going to scheme up T Higgins in that way. It's going to be all funneled to Jamar Chase and the Titans corners are not very good. But if you all stick around, that's not to put down T Higgins because Hayden mm -hmm. has a very aggressive ranking on him as well. I guess my question is with a little bit of a broken burrow right now, does that limit the ceiling of the likes of Jamar Chase and T Higgins? I mean, obviously Higgins dropped right. a ton of opportunities last week. His stat line would look so much better if he just didn't have those mistakes. But with Jamar Chase, you know, we're seeing what 31% of the snaps in the slot now his eight out is closer to the line of scrimmage. And as you said, 97% of the snaps are in shotgun right now. Yeah, I I, I hear you. It's going to be harder for them to rip off the explosive play. Right. I don't want to tell Jamar Chase that that's not going to be within the range <laughs> of outcomes. But I, I just think that 15 targets, the most pass-heavy team in the league facing the team that's been the most pass-heavy against on like defense. That. 
moving into the slot, it's like 15 targets are coming. Your wide receiver eight on the week is Puka Nakua at the Indianapolis Colts. It's funny when people are like a little or slightly disappointed with a bottoming out quote unquote performance last week for Puka Nakua when he still finishes the wide receiver 35. That means you're doing something right. And what we saw last week was a bit more man coverage against the Cincinnati Bengals. What we're getting this week against the Indianapolis Colts, the team that are last in the NFL in rate of man coverage. And we have seen, as you outlined with Steve Smith, Puka is so good, a veteran of like seven years of sitting in soft spots and having that connection with Matthew Stafford in those windows right now. Even in that down week, 21% target share. And I think that you're dead on. Like Puka's biggest strength right now is just being on the same page as Matthew Stafford in zone coverage. And that's what we're going to get here. The Colts lost a lot of a piece in the secondary. They went back to second round rookie Julius Brents on the outside. I think that he's certainly beatable. Um, and four different wide receivers, wide receivers have already caught seven plus passes against Indianapolis. I think that that game has a chance to be really fast paced because we've seen it with the Colts and we've seen it with Sean McVay. So I think it's a good bounce back by high spot for Puka Nakua. Do you know what his pick projection is in the lobby in terms of receptions and receiving yards at underdog fantasy? I'm going six and a half for 64 and a half. Six and a half for 72 and a half receiving okay. yards. And as the people saw in your rankings, which you can find in the description down below, he's listed as the wide receiver nine in there because we don't include the Thursday night football wide receivers on this Friday show, obviously. And Hayden had Amon Ross St. Brown as the eighth wide receiver. And he reeled off, you know, 14 half point PPR points. But okay. Before, before we move on from this tier real quick, I just want to mention one last thing. Cause I did, I whipped up a chart for it. AJ Brown, his positive regression for touchdowns could not be this obvious he's already number two with projected scores he's scoreless right now this is a huge game for him uh washington starting an outside corner who's a rookie i think this could be a huge spot for aj brown to finally score a touchdown yeah he basically had two last week that he dropped two and it was still an awesome performance okay debo samuel is your wide receiver nine we saw a huge week last week against zone coverage that we shouted it out and no brand Ayuk last week but brand Ayuk is back in the lineup but here we go uh once again, 49ers expect to score a bunch of points, and we know that Brock Purdy is going to throw for at least two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically as simple as it is. This is just to see how much of an outlier the 49ers are when projected points this week. Uh, Debo Samuel has not practiced because of rib injuries, but he was able to play through those rib injuries last week. I think he'll just get an injection and be ready to go. I think that Debo's tape has looked awesome. I have a very aggressive ranking on Brandon Ayuk as well, just because the 49ers are firing on all cylinders. T. Higgins is your wide receiver 10. I will add, he is the wide receiver 16 in consensus rankings this week. We talked a little bit about it with the Jamar Chase conversation. Anything you want to add here with specifics to T's game? Uh, Not really. He's not going to get the schemed up opportunities that Jamar Chase has. And Joe Burrow's sideline throws have not been as accurate. And they're not throwing like any post routes right now, which hurts T Higgins. But like I said, it's just the most pass attempts in the league this year. Jalen Waddle starts tier two for you as your wide receiver 11 against the aforementioned Buffalo Bills. Again, this is a ranking that is well ahead of consensus. He's wide receiver 17, according to Fantasy Pros, where they pull in about 100 different analyst rankings out there. Yeah. He's opened the season as wide receiver 31 and wide receiver 40 with just 11 targets. Now, we know that that's about six quarters of action due to a concussion. Uh but you're banking on him to get more involved here. Yeah, this is fun for me. He was on my fade list this uh, year because of regression, and I was worried about the targets and all that stuff. But this game, 
is so high scoring and the Dolphins have looked so damn good that I think that I want to have, have an aggressive ranking, at least ahead of consensus uh, in this game, just because I expect the Bills to score a lot. I expect the Dolphins to score a ton. I think that it's kind of weird to say, but like the scheming up that they did for the running backs last week, I do think is like even almost bullish for Jalen Waddle because he can do a lot of like similar to those those things in the screen game, yards after the catchability. Um, so I'm happy to be betting on Mike McDaniel here. What if there's a game that like Tyreek Hill hits, which is every everyone, but um, and then also Jalen Waddle hits and also the running game hits. Like all three in one contest. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible, man. McDaniel, I'm not betting it's Mike McDaniel at all. Chris Olave is your wide receiver 12. He's facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's opened the season with three games of double-digit targets. I want to repeat, he did that in four games in all of last year during his rookie year. And Olave, though, when Jameis Winston entered the ballgame, was out-targeted by Michael Thomas 7-5, to five, but that was a tiny, tiny sample. Yeah, Olave so far has been the wide receiver 17 on wide receiver 10 usage. I'm kind of splitting the difference here. He's a very good player, but I do think that both losing Derek Carr hurts Olave and then adding Alvin Kamara, I also think hurts Olave because they can kind of scheme some stuff underneath. Uh, I'm monitoring the status of Carlton Davis. I think that he's going to play. That's the Bucks corner one, but corner number two, Jamil Dean, he hasn't practiced this week. So that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, I think that we liked Olave more with Derek Carr than Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think it's that simple. Okay. People are going to raise an eyebrow with CeeDee Lamb as your wide receiver 13. Give your give your reasoning for it. So far, he's the wide receiver 23 on wide receiver 28 usage. There's been some really wonky games for the Cowboys to start this season, but uh, CeeDee Lamb's expected half PPR points have dropped by more than two so far this year versus last year. And this is Bill Belichick, and they've been playing different th- defensive personnel, three safety looks and stuff. I think they're going to try to scheme against C.D. Lamb and make the Michael Gallup, Brandon types, Brandon Cooks types beat them. So it's a they're projected for fair enough points this week. They're like 25, but it's not like groundbreaking. And I think that C.D. Lamb hasn't like completely lived up to the expectations over like the last two years. He's kind of been like a low end wide receiver one that we pretend is a high end wide receiver one. So, yeah, that's just kind of where I, where I have him. Consensus rankings have him as wide receiver nine. Uh, he's been the wide receiver 32, then the wide receiver seven, then wide receiver 46 in the opening three weeks. I will add, though, as you said, they've changed up defensive personnel and some defensive coverage looks. They always well with Gerard and Bill and Steve, but mainly they're a man coverage team, right? And to me, that is CeeDee Lamb's game, especially when you put him in the slot, most likely against their weakest corner, potentially. Um, so this could, I think, be... If someone is able to score a huge number of points against a Bill Belichick defense, obviously Tyree Kill had his worst game so far against that. I think CD has one of the better chances through 17 games this season. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, also, last note, keep an eye on the Cowboys' offensive line injuries. We'll learn more on the Sunday morning show, but they were missing three very key starters last week. We'll see if they're returning this week. Calvin Ridley is your wide receiver 15. Um, did we start bragging a bit too quickly about Calvin Ridley after his amazing week one? And then let's say lackluster fantasy points in weeks two and week three. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll even out. He's leading the NFL with four drops. I don't think that will continue. He's been the wide receiver 17 in usage. I think over the course of the season, Calvin Ridley will be playing uh, very efficient football. This week is just not the greatest matchup. I have a lot of respect for AJ Terrell on the other side in this the, the Falcons lack of plays that they allow on defense because they're offense. So it's just like an average matchup for Calvin Ridley. No Zay Jones, which definitely helps both Calvin and Christian Kirk, though. 
I don't know if anyone's mentioned that this is versus his old team. You know, like he wanted out against the right. Atlanta Falcons. It's not in Atlanta. Maybe it was multiple reasons that he did want out of that organization. Uh, I'm not going to call it a revenge game, but there's going to be a little bit extra mustard, I think, on here. And mm-hmm. after catching seven of eight targets for 92 yards and a touchdown in the first half, the first half of week one, he's only gone six of 18 for 81 yards. And big part of that is about two or three missed touchdowns in the end zone. Yeah, completely agree. Is it more revenge for Calvin Ridley or for the Falcons? That's the question. Yeah, good question. Good question. Okay, I believe up next is Michael Pittman for you. Um, Love this. Michael Pittman against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I think Michael Pittman can do a bit of everything, but right now we're not getting huge ceiling outcomes because his ADOT is so much lower than it probably will be for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it's all about consistency with him. And we saw yes. this even last year, like in the worst circumstances in the league, where like all five of their quarterbacks are, are doing scheme breakdowns on an underdog fantasy football channel this year. Uh, now we have the Colts are third in pace. And I think that Michael Pittman's skill sets being maximized. A lot of underneath targets, which is actually where Michael Pittman kind of wins as like uh, a poor man's version of the peak Michael Thomas era, kind of. Um, and what we saw last week is that type of skill set. Jamar Chase in the slot, like we said, had 12 catches, 141 uh, receiving yards. So he's been the wide receiver nine in usage, wide receiver 16 in points. I think that all of that stuff is very real. DK Metcalf, your wide receiver 16 on the week. DK Metcalf facing off against the New York Giants, a team that plays a ton of man coverage because they have to because they send so much heat up front. I think this is another huge potential week because if you're going to play isolation and maybe very little safety help on the back half and Gino over the last season and a half has played so well against pressure. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we look back on it and DK is a top eight scoring wide receiver this week. Would not surprise me at all. Like you said, they're blitzing a ton, no safety help. That's where Gino's maximizing and DK's matchup in particular on the outside the Giants are starting two rookie corners, including one six-rounder. Man, like this could just be one of those games where it's a reminder who DK Metcalf is. So I have his ranking lower just because his production and usage has not been in that same wide receiver one borderline tier. But everything about this matchup screams huge, huge, huge DK Metcalf game. Brandon Ayuk back in the lineup and back as your wide receiver 17 on the week. Really, the last time we saw him at full health, um, he was balling. the alpha of this offense. He was balling. Now, that was just yeah. one week. That was just that. But I, I can't wait to see what Brent Ayuk does for the remainder of the season because even dating back to July practices, everything has been super positive. He's dealing with that shoulder injury. and. Yeah. I think shoulder is probably pretty important for wide receivers here, though modern medicine has also been pretty nice. He's probably getting a pain injection for that and, and play fair enough. Cardinals, uh, they've against X wide receivers, Isaiah Hodgins, he had 40 yards and a touchdown. Michael Gallup, like I mentioned, 92 yards. Like these are way lesser players than Brandon Ayuk. So just individually on the outside against another rookie here, I think Brandon Ayuk has a good chance to ball out. I just have him a little bit lower because of that uh, shoulder injury. The wide receiver 13 in consensus drops down to what your wide receiver 18 here. And that is Devonte Smith against the Washington commanders. Again, you have AJ Brown as the wide receiver seven. It's almost like not unpredictable or difficult to predict which one is going to go off, but 
I feel like one does nearly on an every week basis. And actually last year against the same commander's defense, we got one of those true elite Devontae Smith performances where he was totally mossing every single defensive back out there. Yeah, I'm just sticking with the usage, what we've seen so far this year. Uh, A.J. Brown, 14.7 expected half PPR points. Devontae Smith, 7.7. So that's like a huge, huge difference. Uh, Devontae is actually the wide receiver, 47 in usage to start the year. Now I have so much respect for Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, yeah. Devontae Smith, and then this matchup is good. We've seen the commanders uh, get beat down the field a couple times, like Marvin Mims, smaller players in particular. So it's, it's a good matchup for him, but I just think – uh, I'm done pretending that Devontae Smith gets like wide receiver one usage. He's a very good player on inconsistent usage. That's fine. And Jalen Hurts was playing better football throwing last year than he, he is was. right now. He has regressed in that department so far through three weeks. But again, it can turn around in a matchup like this. Devontae yep. played so long in that game. So long. And uh, I'm excited. Okay. George Pickens is your wide receiver 19. Talk to me. I mean, this seems extremely aggressive for a Pittsburgh Steelers team that many people are, can be down on, or it's a tidal wave one week to the next, uh, but they do get the Houston Texans defense here. Yeah, and it's a Texans defense that's missing their top corner, Derek Stingley, the, the first rounder. Um, the Steelers are projected for way more points this week than they have been previously. There's been a couple of weeks where the Steelers projected like 17, 18 points. Now they're projected for over 22, which is, Above average, we've seen a 27% target share for George Pickens without uh, Deontay. And we've seen uh, some other wide receivers get home against the Texans. But I, the big thing for me is just you see more in-breaking routes, which levels up the consistency in his game, also levels up his yards after the catch ability, which we obviously saw on display in primetime a couple weeks ago. I think he's a, he's a good player when he's not stuck to the sideline. And for the first time in his career, he's not stuck to the sideline. Mike Evans closes this tier as your wide receiver 20. Uh, he and Marshawn Lattimore have history. Uh, in 11 career games with Marshawn Lattimore on the field, Mike Evans has caught 29 of 57 targets for yeah. 493 yards and four touchdowns. Again, four touchdowns in 11 career games. He's actually been ejected in two of those games. It's <laughs> part of the 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 ranking here. You got to move him down just a little bit for the, the inevitable fight. I, all, all I have in my notes is these players have been in the league for a, a while now. To me, they're both playing at the tops of their game still. Like Mike Evans has been an absolute savage this entire year. Marshawn Lattimore has allowed like six catches this entire season on like 15 different targets. So Lattimore has been really good. What's been interesting for the Saints defense is the rest of it has allowed production, which is why I have Chris Godwin a little bit higher than I initially thought I was going to and Mike Evans a little bit lower than what I thought I was going to based off of the matchup. But to me, you can't even put Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the same category right. in terms of talent right now. Yeah, we've seen the Buccaneers have really good offensive performances and team performances and bad ones this season, and Mike Evans has been consistent throughout that. And the main part of that is he's second in the NFL with five targets inside of the end zone so mm -hmm. far this year. So it's like, oh, if Baker doesn't know what to do, I'm going to throw it up to my guy Mike Evans. It's working. And the post routes, go routes, yeah. just like make a play, Mike. And he's made basically every single one. Tier three time. Before we get there, we are like this close, this close to 80,000 subscribers. We appreciate you all joining us here on this journey. We're only through four weeks. It feels like 14 at times, but we still have that same energy to bring you eight shows every single week. So we appreciate the people that are watching and subscribing. The 30% of you that do that truly, truly do like you very much. And Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, Hayden has been updating his rankings and will continue to throughout the weekend 
And so 1030 Eastern Sunday mornings, Q&A session for two hours leading up to kickoff. That show is all about you and it's live. Bring a croissant. I'll have one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Tier three. I believe this begins with Amari Cooper, who faces the Baltimore Ravens. A defense that has missed some key pieces, but a defense that continues to perform well because their defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, might be like low-key top five at his job. Yeah, he's so dang good. Marlon Humphrey hasn't practiced yet, so I'm guessing he's going to miss another week. Um, Amari's usage has been really cool to see. He's working more downfield this year than in, in years prior because Deshaun Watson has been more of a boom-bust type of quarterback. Amari is actually the wide receiver five in air yards per game, which is pretty awesome. There's been a ton of defensive pass interference calls down the field, and maybe Amari Cooper would be ranked even higher if the, those resulted in actual production. So he, I think he's going to be a boom bust player this year. This is just not the greatest matchup for him, but I am still very optimistic on what Amari Cooper could do in this offense, especially since we saw last week without Nick Chubb to me, their offense like really did change like more spread shotgun, like very clearly passing looks. Yeah. And I think all of that stuff will ultimately funnel to Amari Cooper. I mean, the total in this game is not large. It's actually down to 40 and a half right now. Right. The Browns only, and they're favorites here, but only for 21 and a half points. But if they get to a three touchdown game, it's we know what like the transitive property is, if I'm using that correctly, of like if Deshaun Watson leads this team to three touchdowns, it is going to be through the passing game of Amari yeah. Cooper. Like that equation is so sincere through three weeks because like Elijah does some things and gets targets and closer line of scrimmage. We'll talk about him in a moment. David and Joko is yet to blast off this year. None of the peripheral pieces have done anything. It's Amari Cooper is the alpha of this wide receiver group. Yep. And if they win, it's through him in the passing game. It's because Amari is like light years better than the other receivers. Yep. In my opinion, I will say uh, this chart showing you plays per game. The Browns right now are first in that category. That's a both wow. a good and a bad thing. Good because they're playing with pace and they're staying on the field because they can move the chains right now bad because no team runs 75 plays per game so any metrics that we're using right now for the browns we have to regress just a little bit zay jones was ruled out for the weekend that means christian kirk is your wide receiver 22 on the week is that math that simple uh mostly um if you take like the last two games where zay's been injured or completely out of the lineup uh christian kirk has wide receiver 20 usage and then if you really zoom into this matchup, AJ Terrell on the perimeter going up against Calvin Ridley, they're weaker, much weaker in the slots. So it's a good opportunity for Christian Kirk playing both the usage and the matchup. I'm guessing I'm way higher than consensus uh, on the Christian Kirk stuff. I think I'm fine with that. Um, I, I want to buy into the success rate of the Jaguars, which is like 10th versus the EPA, which is like 28th on this offense. Things will get better for Jacksonville. Not that much higher. Wide receiver 24 in consensus. Right. So you're right in line with the hundreds of people that get their rankings pulled to Fantasy Pros. Okay, next up, it's actually Jacoby Myers as your wide receiver 23. This is the highest you've had him ranked all season long. He's at the Los Angeles Chargers, which, again, the math lines up with that too. Yeah, this is an eruption spot for uh, the Raiders as well. And, I mean, shout out to Kobe. He's he's working over the middle of the field, taking some huge shots, but it's where Jimmy G wants to operate. They're scheming him up some touches. Um, his fantasy points and his expected fantasy points have come from the red zone, and particularly he has like five targets down there. I'm not sure how sticky that stuff's going to be. So I haven't ranked obviously way lower than where he's performed in his two healthy games. But right now for the Chargers, they made J.C. Jackson their their top corner on paper a healthy scratch. I think that he has like a 
uh, a felony warrant or something like he, he something's up criminally with him now at this point too and the other corners are are bad and then derwin james isn't practicing he's probably going to miss joey bose is on the injury report like this chargers defense right now like name a good player on it there are four players who lead the nfl with targets inside the 10 yard line tyree kill jacoby myers jake ferguson gosh and jaden reed <laughs> i can't buy a jake ferguson touchdown <laughs> oh no, dude well he has one he has one i bought one yeah um he's actually also this will make you even more frustrated jake ferguson leads all pass catchers with targets inside the 20 yard line with eight it's <laughs> breaking my heart let me just pull this up we broke this down the tight end show this is receiving touchdown projections look at the ferg daddy by himself <laughs> yeah. what's going on hey do you ever check your statement at the end of the month from your credit card bank account and see just subscriptions randomly there that you either forgot to cancel, want to cancel, don't know how to cancel. I've been there. It stinks. It's this ridiculous process. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Sounds incredible, huh? I mean, over 80% of people have subscriptions. And you and them can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's like finding an extra 20 or 40 bucks underneath your couch cushion to start the new year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com underdog. That's rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Anyways, go and watch that quarterback, tight end, and defense special teams. Uh, and then we also have a running back rankings and tier show, even though we have to put that one out on Wednesdays. Okay, next up for you, it is Nico Collins. Yes, Nico Collins against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are super ahead as your wide receiver 24. He is wide receiver 33 in consensus. Yeah, I think it's the Tank Dell effect, um, but... Can I ask you this quickly? Mm -hmm. Why Nico so much higher than Tank Dell, who you do have ranked coming up here, but why Nico higher than Tank Dell just flat out? Um, I think that where he wins is more consistent football. It's like post routes, glance routes, digs, all that stuff over the middle of the field where Stroud has been lights out. And Nico Collins has like a history of balling out for like the last 10 games. I've seen Tank Dell look, he looks really good uh, on limited uh, games. I just think that like Nico Collins has been balling. And by the way, Nico Collins is a wide receiver 20 on wide receiver 26 usage. So, uh, and then what, the other thing we've seen, this applies to Tank Dell as well. Uh, the outside corners have allowed Brandon Ayuk to have two touchdowns, hundred yards. Amari Cooper had 90, 90 yards. Devontae Adams had 172 yards and two touchdowns. Jacoby Myers had that seven for 85 games. So the Steelers uh, corners have been getting lit up by like this specific type of player, big physical outside wide receivers. And that's exactly what Nico Collins is. So I'll have Tank Dell and Nico Collins ahead because CJ Stroud is that dude. Another leverage spot for you is Tutu Atwell as your wide receiver 25. He is wide receiver 27 in consensus rankings. This is at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he has at least eight targets in each of the opening three games so far this season. Yeah, he's a wide receiver 15 in points and usage. So um, 
like the question, I guess, is why not have them even higher than that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that is a fair question to ask when, and we kept repeating it, Puka's awesome. Puka's your what, wide receiver eight on the week, but don't let that rookie and that performance overshadow what Tutu Atwell is doing because they're being utilized in different areas of the field. And it's so clear that Sean McVay loves to script up to the strengths of what Tutu yeah. Atwell does. And the Rams are playing enough uh, scoring enough points and playing with enough play volume right now to have both of those guys continue to get home. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins, this was a, a huge bump in your rankings from late last night to 11 p.m. Yeah. to early Friday morning at 11 a.m. If I can just tell the people, you Go moved him it. up from wide receiver 35 to what is this? Wide receiver 26? What gifts? So he was left off the injury report entirely on Wednesday, which is new. DeAndre Hopkins, that means like his ankle is improving. And then Traylon Burks is back on the injury report with that knee. It was actually DNP and then limited. We'll see if Traylon's going to play, but that knee's re-flaring up. And Traylon has done nothing. And I think just think DeAndre Hopkins, that week two game when he was very clearly not himself, we should be throwing that out and just using week one and week three when he was a little bit healthier. And in those spots, he's been getting a bunch of play volume too. So uh, this actually ranked way lower than where like his uh, usage would uh, be, um, assuming that he's actually healthy. But this is a, a bet on the Titans uh, injury report. You know how I feel. Um, if like week one is the glory that we're chasing, that was wide receiver 26 on the week with seven for 65, you know, mm -hmm. and then why, and then week three was a uh, wide receiver 61 with three for 48. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, I don't know. This is a case where you can cite like route share, target share, 100%. all that stuff. And on the Titans, it just matters so much less than every other team. I completely agree with that. Marquise Brown is up next for you. Um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it got here much quicker than I think many people anticipated for Marquise Brown uh, on this Arizona Cardinals team. However, the matchup gets, what, a bit more difficult this week as he is facing the Niners, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so it's a bad matchup because the 49ers offense is good. Uh, or defense is very good, but the garbage time potential for Marquise Brown is certainly there as 14-point dogs, and I think Marquise Brown's been schemed up appropriately, but he's also like winning by himself. And if you really want to play this matchup game, offenses facing the 49ers have had the highest neutral pass rate in the NFL because they don't want to run the ball there. So there's a chance that just we aren't going to watch this game. We don't want to watch this game, but Marquise Brown finishes with 11 targets. And then at that point, it's hard not to pay off as a wide receiver three. And so far, he's a wide receiver 26 and wide receiver 31 usage. And in two of those games, they've been winning. So... If, if that all of a sudden flips, we can see like legit like wide receiver two usage from Marquise. Do you want to guess where consensus has him? 36. 42. Wow. Okay. Wide receiver 42. Um, we'll close up this tier with Tyler Lockett, which we kind of already had the conversation with DK Metcalf. Then Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison here as your wide receiver 29. They are obviously facing the Carolina Panthers. Um, anything you want to add to what Jordan Addison has put out there? Just again, crossing our fingers that he's the two wide receiver set player. He's very good. He's been getting home <laughs> on these deep targets and in catch up mode. Like we saw last week, I think the volume will be there as a reminder. KJ Osborne is currently the number two in the NFL in routes run after Adam Thielen in the same exact role was 
the number two in routes run. It's just a matter of time for Jordan Addison. Maybe being 0-3 is enough incentive for O'Connell to play his first round dude. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, I'm actually going to do like a slight tier break between these two players because they're on the same team, yet they're on different tiers because one's the wide receiver 30, one's the wide receiver 31. It's Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy as, yes, against the Chicago Bears. Is this more like, oh, at least one of these guys is going to hit, so it's a slight hedge to have both of them in this area? Well, before Judy's injury, I had him way ahead of Cortland Sutton in my rankings, and Jerry Judy's like slowly getting closer to being full uh, a full participant. Uh, so I think that we should be closing that gap. But Cortland Sutton's been playing fairly well. Wide receiver 21 on wide receiver 24 usage, so that's uh, pretty hard to ignore. And Two fumbles should- last week. Yeah, yeah, but we don't care about those in fantasy as much. <laughs> uh, Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson, that's a free safety and their cornerback one, two pretty solid players. Like maybe they're two best players on defense. They haven't practiced this week. So, man, it's a beautiful spot for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Okay, Gabe Davis, next for you. I don't even know if we need to add words to the Gabe Davis rankings each week. Just like, hey, you're going to rank him higher than consensus no matter what. He's averaging 10.8 half PPR points when he's not on the injury report going back to last year and this year. Um, yeah, this is a shootout game. Like, wh- Where's consensus on him? 40s? Yeah, you have him as wide receiver 32. He's wide receiver 38 in consensus. Yeah, they'll be right most weeks, but then when I'm right, I'll be really, really right. <laughs> Adam Thielen is next. The wide receiver 13 right now in points per game. Again... Not going to call it a revenge game because basically <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings helped create Adam Thielen as an NFL player after he was a college tryout after the NFL draft. Yeah. But he is facing his old team here in the Vikings. Yeah, so he's been popping off in the last two games a little bit healthier. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Scoring two touchdowns, which Adam Thielen tends to do, I will say. Adam Thielen is still just the wide receiver 43 in yards per route run. He is the wide receiver 34 in usage. I think that this is a close your ears, Josh quarterback downgrade right now. And then Jonathan Mingo should be returning from the concussion protocol. So regression is he uh, going to return? Do we know that he's been limited in practice, which is usually okay. a good sign, but uh, we'll, we'll, we have the Sunday show to, to get that out there. And this game is supposed to be a little bit closer. Carolina has been trailing for almost every single snap. Like the second, like the Panthers get into like a little bit more of a positive game script. I'm yeah. not sure if we should be copy pasting all of these Thielen targets. Basically, the Brian Flores and Wink Martindale defenses are unlike any others throughout the league where they like load up the line of scrimmage and then just blitz out of funky fronts. Um, So in my eyes, wide receivers on the Panthers have to get open quickly. Major challenge for this group. But if like someone is going to, that's probably going to be Adam Thielen, I guess. I mean, he has a team high 26.3 target share against the blitz this year. And again, he's facing a team that blitzes more than anyone else across the league. Your next wide receiver. Chris Godwin. We had that conversation with Mike Evans. The ceiling just isn't there for Chris Godwin like it is for for Mike Evans. And then coming up after him is Tank Dell. Um, Tank Dell is your wide receiver 35 on the week. I mean, what we've gotten with Tank Dell so far as a starter, seven for 72 and one, five for 145 and one. What else could we want? What else could we ask for? Yeah, he's getting like legit wide receiver three usage. I think his tape is very fun for a smaller player. He's running real routes on the perimeter, so I don't want to hold that against him too much. I will say just 
he is running extremely hot in the touchdown department is what happens when you're scoring long touchdowns here. Um, and I'm not sure if he's going to be like a, a pure red zone threat. So I think he's a boom bust player on an improving offense. I'm a little bit worried that those deep targets aren't going to be as open this week because it's TJ Watt against two backup offensive tackles. That is scaring me a little bit on how much time Stroud is going to have. So we'll, we'll, they'll scheme him up. He's like a full-time player. So like he deserves to be in this, in this range, but like expecting a hundred yard games and long bombs every single week is, is asking for a lot. Garrett Wilson is your wide receiver 36. Again, all of you are just banking on an individual effort for a touchdown. They're facing the Kansas city chiefs. Where do you think consensus has him? It's got to be close to this where wide receiver 26. I mean, he's averaging 6.8 half PPR points in the 12 games of Zach Wilson. So, like, this isn't me giving me giving Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson some respect. I think that those numbers will improve just getting more experience, but it's dire out there. It's not even dire just for Zach Wilson. The play calling has really been conservative, like lowest uh, neutral pass rates. And now the offensive line is a total mess as well. So um, garbage time is going to be there, but we, we can say that about every single game for Garrett Wilson. Maybe I'm walking down narrative street here a little bit, but, like, We've always heard that the Aaron Rodgers offense travels with Aaron Rodgers. And at no point this offseason did they probably practice with the idea that Zach Wilson was going to be their starter. And we have yeah. we saw Nathaniel Hackett as a play caller last year with the Broncos, and it was awful. And so these guys can't on the fly change what the offense is going to be to suit the strengths of someone like Zach Wilson. So I think it's just like awful plus awful right now and again you're just banking on either a 60 plus yard run after catch touchdown or a red zone fade that yeah. garrett wilson plucks away from the defensive back and if he doesn't get a touchdown you're probably going to end up with like five for 43 yeah maybe a couple of screams there's a saying in the nfl josh you don't practice that's why they weren't <laughs> translating that offense zay flowers is your wide receiver 37 uh quote unquote the baltimore ravens wide receiver one I did want to bring up that he has 55% of the Ravens targets inside the red zone, which is the second most in the NFL. Those four targets, excuse me, those five targets have equaled four receptions for a negative six yards so far this year. 72% of his targets have been within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage so far this season. Uh, and he's facing the Cleveland Browns, a, a pass rush that can probably rush with four get home with that, send an extra person, and make this Ravens offense uh, a bit chaotic at times this week. Yeah, all of the – you bring it up, rightfully so, with like the DeAndre Hopkins, like using any target share numbers on a team like that, you have to like use a huge asterisk on. I think the same thing applies for Zay Flowers because all of his targets are one yard past the line of scrimmage or behind it, which is why he's been struggling in the red zone like that. This week – just getting to the red zone is going to be a challenge. You see the yeah. Ravens are projected for bottom 10 in the league and projected points because the Browns are number one against fantasy quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Pretty good stuff over there. So Zay's going to get – he's involved, especially Bateman and Odell are on the injury report, most likely not going to play. But this is asking a lot. And I think so far it's been like one deep pass and then everything else has been basically gadget stuff. For someone that has like those – numbers in terms of team market share of certain aspects in terms of targets and targets inside the red zone to me we have to get like expanded routes despite those down the field consistently in order for him to be considered a top 24 wide receiver heading into each week 
yeah, he's more or less being used similar to like Elijah Moore. Which Elijah is like Moore, yes, totally. Fun, fun stuff. They're good players. Like they will have, they'll take a couple of these screens to the house over the course of the season. It's just there's a reason why a target 15 yards down the field over the middle is more valuable than a screen behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, waiver wire people have been wondering. I picked up Josh Palmer. Do I start him? Well, he is your wide receiver 38 on the week, and that is in comparison to Quentin Johnson, who we'll get to in a little bit, who checks in after even Christian Watson later on as your wide receiver 45 in these rankings. So let's just start from the team down approach. Right now, the Chargers are leading the NFL in wide receiver fantasy usage. Obviously, that will change potentially if uh, they get Austin Eckler back this week. But Joshua Palmer, it just seems like, he's still well ahead of Quentin Johnson. I think they'll scheme up some stuff for Quentin Johnson. So like he's on the flex radar, even Quentin Johnson, but I I think Palmer is good enough to be a flex wide receiver with, you know, Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore and Josh Palmer has been the deep threat. His ADOT's like 13 yards downfield and Justin Herbert's throwing the ball downfield at a higher rate. I think because the offensive line's healthy, Justin Herbert's healthy and they have the, uh, the coaching change. So, I think Josh Palmer is still very live for deep touchdowns. And I I, th- I think I want to see Quentin Johnson prove it to me first before I move him ahead of Palmer. I'm going to make a comparison that people are going to hate. How different is Quentin Johnston compared to like the fluctuation in fantasy output of like a Gabriel Davis potentially? Meanwhile, Gabe Davis is the second wide receiver on his team, yeah. no matter what set that they're using versus Quentin Johnston right now being the third wide receiver. I think that's fair based off of his role. I'm comparing Quentin Johnson to like rookie Traylon Burks, where to me it was very clear that they needed development. The team told us that throughout all of training camp. Even though Quentin Johnson came out uh, during rookie minicamp saying, I've already locked down a starting job. He said that himself. remember that? Oh, yeah. He did an interview being like, oh, yeah, I've already locked up the starting job. Right. Uh, we had Daniel or you mentioned that Daniel Popper, who covers the team on the athletic, was in an interview and saying he's still struggling lining up and stuff. And right. you can see that in the usage. He's he's very live for a big play. Like, I'm not ruling out like a four, four catches, 80 yards and touchdown game for Quentin Johnson. That's why he's still ranked as a top 50 guy. But right now, like who's more likely to get you 60 yards and touchdown? I think that's Palmer for now for now. Yeah. And I'm I'm not comparing them necessarily as players. But we can also see ridiculous hot streaks for athletic wide receivers hit like we did last year with Christian Watson. Like there might be a stretch of games where in three, Quentin Johnston scores four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, We just get to add more information to our Rolodex this week after he's should be. He should be a three wide receiver set player who runs routes on like 80% of dropbacks. And if he doesn't, then like, Man, that's even more delayed than yeah, we were damning. expecting. Yep, that's, that's really damning. Okay, to close this tier out as your wide receiver 39 at 40, two guys that maybe should be linked in Drake London and DJ Moore because their offenses, I would say, are crippling them a little bit. I will say with DJ Moore, this is against the Denver Broncos. I've just talked about with Justin Fields and every other piece. If you aren't playing him here and you drafted him, Literally, when will you? Like, are you going to wait until Justin Fields shows you something? Because that might never happen. Like, this is the matchup you have to play him if you drafted him, basically. I don't think you have to play him because it's the Bears. Um, you should still start the guys that project for more points. But I, I hear you message. here. Yes. The, and the Broncos in particular have been killed by X wide receivers. 
that's Devontae Adams. Terry McLaurin got home. Obviously, Tyreek Hill last week. Patrick Sertan, I think, is going to see a lot of DJ Moore. I'm paying attention to Justin Simmons. That's a Broncos star free safety. He's been limited in practice, has not played uh, last week at least. Yeah, man, this is really tough. Like, it's a no excuses game for DJ Moore, but like to me, there are so many excuses that you can tell yourself why he doesn't get home, even with all that stuff. I'm expecting a lot of ground game usage for the Bears. Like, the Broncos got lit up against the run. So the Bears can just say, you know what, we're going to run the ball 38 times, and maybe that's how DJ Moore can fail. We'll close this out with tier five. I'll throw three names up there. Wide receiver 41, Devontae Parker, wide receiver 42, Michael Thomas, who again got seven targets when Jameis Swinson was at quarterback last week. And then Elijah Moore, who, as we kind of outlined before, is almost like Diet Coke, Zay Flowers in this offense. Like he's going to get anywhere from like seven to nine touches in a game, but some of those are carries, some of those are screens, and nothing is really vertical. So he has to like create something on his own in order to score a touchdown. Completely agree. So I think that he's still on the radar better in like full PPR than yes. in these half PPR rankings. Uh, Devontae Parker, probably people think I'm crazy, uh, but he's a 100% uh, route participant right now. A downfield player. The The Cowboys should be winning against the Patriots. And all of a sudden, like the cornerback that we were really worried about is not on the, the field. And one of their safeties has been in and out of the lineup. I think that Devontae Parker has live odds to get home. As a deep throw, as a reminder, the Patriots really liked Devontae Parker. Not only did they like trade for him, they also gave him an, a, a pay pay bump for no reason this offseason. I think that Devontae Parker is going to be a focal point of this offense soon enough, and he's finally fully healthy. Terry McLaurin, Quentin Johnson, KJ Osborne, and then Jahan Dotson, two commanders wide receivers in the wide receiver 40 through 50 range. Uh, I will add that the only time that Terry McLaurin so far this year that he's had a top 40 scoring week is when he's scored a touchdown. Yep. Um, and Jahan Dotson so far, wide receiver 46, wide receiver 80, and wide receiver 82. Potentially the slot should be the easiest matchup this week against the defense, and he plays 51% of his snaps there. I I think we can look at the matchups and, and paint some broader pictures. And these players are both very good, but I do think that there are structural issues with the commanders right now. You can see where they are on the usage chart. It's bottom five, like they're right next to the Cardinals and the Jets and the Bears and the Titans. That's not a good spot to be living in. And I think part of the reason is be enemy like Logan Thomas was like a getting eight targets. And then when he went out, all of a sudden, like Cole Turner, the tight end, was getting a bunch of targets. They throw the ball to the running backs a little bit, and Sam Howell is a sack waiting sack. to happen yeah i was gonna bring that up like they play they play the philadelphia eagles this week and sam howell has a little bit of that justin fields trait in him where he doesn't allow bad plays to just be bad he turns them into awful plays as well like sacks destroy drives when you take them and takes points off the board like nearly every single time the rate in which you score points in that drive plummets yes and he's on pace to take the most sacks in the nfl season right now by like 30 it's something crazy and this this is like this is like a pessimistic explanation but he's like fifth round baker mayfield to me like he has the happy feet tendencies but he, he also can make some plays and he throws the ball downfield so a big a big day is coming for Jahan dotson or terry mclaurin eventually okay we'll close this out with kendrick Bourne, brandon cooks and rashid shaheed low-key Brandon Cooks has maybe been one of the most disappointing players in fantasy football through three weeks this season. Yeah, but Brandon Cooks like almost had two touchdowns last week as well, and it just happens if the end zone they're making it a little bit too small for someone like Brandon <laughs> Brandon Cooks, some Trevor Lawrence guys, so. yeah, all that type of stuff. So I think 
we know who Brandon Cooks is. He's going to be a boom bust guy. This is not the greatest matchup for Brandon Cooks, but like I think that when we refresh the season at the end, he will be in like the wide receiver for a little little buy low potentially. I think so. He's just going to be so hard. He's like a better in best ball type of player. Like it's just going to be so hard. Catches for 39 yards in two games. Right. More downfield shots, red zone usage, all that stuff. I think that will stuff even out. Though Michael Gallup, I do want to give him credit again, looked pretty good last week. Maybe this year he's actually a legit player and not just a underdog cardio club member. Is there anyone that is not listed here that you kind of have your eye on that people should be thinking about their usage as it, might come to fruition in week four and how that can kind of navigate out in the next six weeks of the season. Man, um, like I think Nelson Aguilar would be at least somewhere on the radar. Well, I, I think Without- as we continue on, like these rookies, I think are, are really intriguing right. in terms of like Marvin Mims. We're getting some hints from like Cecil Lammy, who loves Cecil, but like it can be a bit one way or the other in terms of practice reports. Um, but he says based on the personnel usage that we've seen in practice, Marvin Mims is going to be involved. JSN. Obviously, the Seahawks are playing with a ton of tight end usage because their offensive line is hurt, and now they're facing a defense that's going to blitz a ton. So I think tight ends are probably going to stick in there a bit more often too. And then, again, I know you hate when I bring this up, but like no one is separating themselves in that Chiefs wide receiver room continuously as a a horses for courses type thing. And I I just want to see, based on the second half of last week, if Rasheed Rice in a blowout maybe get some even more first half usage this week. I wouldn't blame anyone for holding Sky Moore, Rice, or Kadarius Tony at the very end of the bench. Like it's just a matter of Mahomes. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, we have running back tiers and rankings. Those are up. Hayden ultimately ended up having, I think, Dave Montgomery as your running back 18 this week and Jameer Gibbs as your running back 23. But man, it is so, so fun mm. to watch Dave Montgomery hit a hat trick on Thursday Night Football in an island game. So fun. We know that you all drafted him based on the summer and the conversations that we had. Okay. We'll see you on uh, Sunday morning, 930 kickoff in London, but we'll be here an hour into it. So put us on your second screen or the main screen and throw the freaking game on the second screen. Mm-hmm. Why not? Right on. All right. Thanks, Producer Weaves. Go and check out Hayden's rankings up the villa. We will talk to you all soon.